0: You are listening to the In Her Eyes Podcast. I am your host, Lindney House, episode number 14. Hello, hello, my lovely friend, and welcome to the In Her Eyes Podcast. I am your host, Lindney House, interior designer, artist, mama, scientist, color specialist, and space coach. Here to help you navigate the beautiful messiness of raising strong, thriving daughters. While you discover the path to a home that inspires you, you will learn to design gorgeous peaceful spaces inside and out that you can be proud of and love coming home to. Each week, we will explore how individuality and practicality create the harmony our souls crave. Let's dive in, my dear, to all of our beautiful stuff. Eyes podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about the lessons that I learned over these past couple of weeks of doing a massive downsize of my own living space and how the lessons I learned from working with previous clients, things that came up that weren't expected, and some personal challenges that came through during this particularly hard time. Everybody knows that moving is hard. And what we did is <laughs> borderline ridiculous. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the project that we're in the middle of. And like I said, uh, the lessons that I learned, which I turned into for this podcast, six actionable ways that you can take a new look at your space to make sure that you're maximizing the available space and I actually didn't title the podcast maximizing your space uh, for one particular reason so many times I've walked into a a house or a situation with a client where they have moved into a new space that was larger than the space than what they had before but they were running into the similar challenges that they had even when their actual physical real estate was smaller and how we took a new look at it to see that it wasn't necessarily the size of their house that was causing problems, but just the way they were thinking about what they were doing within their space. So today I'm going to tell you about the six ways that you can easily look at your space and make some changes so that you are taking full advantage of the available space that you have. And a lot of times we think about organizing, organizing, getting rid of things, and there's things that you can do that are uh, that go deeper than that. And I did go deeper on this episode because during the process of downsizing, I lost two people that were extremely dear to me um, from COVID. So my godparents actually passed away uh, just a couple of days before I recorded this episode, and in the last two days, actually just a couple of days ago, I had a complete and total um, emotional breakdown just from just from the stress of trying to fit a five-bedroom house. With three and a half bathrooms on three stories into a, actually, if you count the basement, it was four full stories of house that we had. It was the combination of the chaos that we had chosen combined with something that was completely unexpected that put everything in a new light. So, just to give you some quick background, if you don't follow along with my Instagram stories um, or my Facebook group, what we have been doing is back in July, we purchased a house that needed a complete and total renovation. And we put our existing house on the market because of the real estate market and having five children that are all but one of them is grown, having a five-bedroom house didn't make a lot of sense. And so taking advantage of the real estate market made sense. And so we put our house on the market, and it sold in about 12 hours. And we ended up having to move into the new house only in partial livable condition. So the other obstacle that we ran up against was due to the pandemic. There are no real large storage units available so we not only were we clearing out stuff and getting rid of things which in all honesty there was a lot of stuff that we had in our house that we had just collected because we had the space but There is a lot of things that we had to make some hard decisions on as well. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that, about making those hard decisions. And I'm going to share with you some of those solutions that I use with clients to help them when they have a tendency to hold on to things, how to look at it in a new way. So usually when things go wrong when things go unexpectedly wrong I'm the person who can look at it and reframe it and and see the advantages and in these past two weeks things came so hard and with so little physical and emotional space to be able to cope with them it pushed me beyond what I was able to handle emotionally. And I really, just a couple of nights ago I did, I had a complete emotional breakdown. And normally when that happens, I find my safe space. I go in, I write, I journal, I cry, I, and it doesn't happen very often at all. Uh, But this, everything was just compiling on top of each other. And I recognize that I have a tendency to protect other people from my negative emotions. And that's not necessarily uh, healthy. And so I just let it all go and unapologetically. And I'm grateful that I did. And I recognize that it was really hard on my husband because he's been trying so hard to get this house to a place where, we can really love it and be proud of it and it it really is our first house that we've done together to live in even though we've done other houses that we've we've sold and i've been looking forward to putting this that working together with him to create a space that really is functionally efficient and beautifully put together and meets our individual needs. And that all seemed to go up in smoke with a lot with the number of the challenges that we've faced. Um, from the supply line challenges of getting things in to not having a place where I can just go and grieve in private. Um, so we're gonna talk about those things and I I promise you that there's gonna be a lot of useful information in here that that's going to be uplifting and actionable. But sometimes we discover in the darkness, some of the things that bring us the most light. So I just wanted to share that with you today. Um, So let's get started. So what do we need to know to, in order to take full advantage of your, of, of your space? What do you need to know to figure out whether or not it's functioning at the highest level. And if you're already thinking, I know that I could make this better, then you know you're in the right place. And all of these tips are derived somewhat in that mediation process that I go through when I'm working with mothers and daughters and helping each of my clients maximize their space so that it functions for them uniquely. And that's what I want you to think about because, because when we go back to the old way of doing things or the way that we think is the right way of doing things, it doesn't necessarily honor our own individual needs. So as I was putting these six tips together, I was reflecting back on a particular job that I had with a client who, like I referenced earlier, was had moved into a much larger home than they had ever had before She had five children under the age of six at the time that we began working together. Two of them were tiny little babies, and her life was chaos, and this home came on the market that they were very excited about. It wasn't her style at all, their style at all, they knew they needed the space, so they moved into it and decided to tackle what they could and what they recognized pretty quickly is they ended up huddling up in a lot of a lot of cluttered areas that were reminiscent of the house that they had left and then they had just these vast open areas that they weren't utilizing So when I combined the thoughts and the processes that I went through with her with how I was moving into a home that would be expanding, we are currently only on the main floor of this house as we are renovating the upstairs and the basement area into livable areas. So in both instances we are prioritizing function and the attractiveness to be able to keep moving forward to because both my husband and I are working from home in this small environment we need to figure out how to stay inspired and and basically how not to kill each other um which has been a little bit of a challenge these last couple of weeks so What's tip one? The very first tip that I give, and it's exactly where I started with myself and my husband when we sat down and started prioritizing our details. And the same thing we started, I started with this particular client when I walked into her house and she started telling me all the things that weren't working. I asked her to take me to a place in her house that she loved. And if that place was something that was functioning, um, that was the best option. So as we walked into the kitchen, she reflected back on the reasons that they were excited about the house. So instead of telling them about this yellow wall color that she hated and how she couldn't wait to paint it, and the painter's quote was way above anything that they expected and how in this two-story living room they weren't in a financial place to be able to change it in that moment Um, she told me instead about the things that she loved about the family room and her vision for it even though it wasn't attainable in these moments as we moved into the kitchen and she showed me the areas where she was really happy where it was a big improvement over the her home before and how she'd been able to lay out her kitchen in a way that met the needs of having all of these small children. So that is tip number one. Come into the process from a place of joy and gratitude. So many times when we're thinking about making changes, we think only about what's wrong, not what's right. And when you take an objective look at what's right, Easy to take an emotional look at what's right, which makes it harder to take an objective look at what's not working. So, when you come into it and take an objective look at what's right, and if you need to write it down, if you need to have a conversation with your spouse or your children, or if you're working on somebody else's room, if you're working on your daughter's room, if you're working on any shared area. Have that conversation and say, "What do you love about this space?" You're doing two very important things by shifting your mental narrative around your your home, your room that you're working on. You're approaching it from a point of positive energy which allows you to see it allows more creativity in. it allows you to think outside the box when you start to look at the things that you want to change. The other thing it does is it helps you realize the things that you're already capable of, the, the things that you're already, the resources that you already have at hand, whether it's your own resources or it's, the opportunities that your home presents itself because so many times when we think only about what's not working, we forget the reasons that we love the space that we were in to start with. So that's tip number one. Go to something that's working, look at it objectively, write down those things that are good, that make you happy, and go on to step two. Step two is discovering what's important, and it's discovering what's important for you. Sometimes we don't stop and really ask ourselves what we want and need in these moments, and so when I say what's important, I don't just mean what is a necessity uh, to function, but what it is that you really desire to create within your life, within your home, in your life, because that's what is going to move you forward. It's gonna be where you find most of the joy in your home. And I believe it was episode four where we talked about making important design decisions. And if making decisions is something that you struggle with, definitely go back to that episode. This is where you want to get in touch with what's important to you and have those conversations with the other people that are also using the space and ask them what's important to them. That's something that we often forget, especially as moms, especially as busy moms who are so busy taking care of others. Sometimes we forget to ask what feels good and what feels right. And a lot of times, just in having those conversations, you're going to open doors to new ways to set things up that you wouldn't even have recognized and often it's more creative use of your space by just opening that door and having that conversation with somebody else and seeing what's important to them um and a lot of the the important discussions that we've had over these last couple of weeks my husband and I um they haven't necessarily always been um friendly <laughs> but on the other side of it we found just a deeper connection to our home by challenging each other in a way and actively expressing what we each wanted to accomplish and what we each needed personally so that's tip number two have any important discussions and if you're Redoing a space by yourself, or you're reorganizing or giving things a fresh up, and it's just you, still take the time to have that important discussion with yourself. Whether it's on paper or on a voice recording, sometimes listening back to your own voice can have a really powerful impact to how you process information. So, have that important decision, have that important discussion with yourself, and make sure that you voice what your individual needs are and I can promise you that instead of being frustrated and feeling like you're nagging or feeling like people don't pick up after themselves or feeling like you won't ever have the home or the the layout or the space or the design that you're looking for because of the other people in your life Having that discussion is the first step towards both being heard and hearing what other people's needs are, and you come together as a family, and you will really appreciate the fact that you took the time, even though it might have been hard. What's on the other side is, is really good and useful. Tip number three go up, go up, go up. There is almost every home that I go in and work with a client who's struggling with either how much stuff they have and what to do with it or feeling like they don't have enough space to accomplish their design. In almost every situation, they aren't taking full advantage of the vertical space in their, in their home. So in the very first example that I was thinking about when I was organizing my thoughts, this one particular client with the five kids under 6, they had this one large blank wall that it did extend two stories and they had books laying around everywhere and toys and we were talking about that and I talked about the advantage of bringing in bookshelves that were, that had storage cubbies in the bottom that were just easy to open and close and things could get put away in there really neatly and then higher bookshelves for the things that the kids couldn't access. And my client said, well, we've looked at, we looked at bookcases and they just seemed too small. And we were thinking we would do built-ins down the road, but that was going to be really expensive. This was a pretty big wall that they had, but it was right in their main living area. And so I said, well, what if we found three reasonably priced bookshelves that we could line up together and then do a large piece of art over and have all of that available storage space and put it together and create some architecture in a place that's just basically a really blank tall wall so we did that we found a bookcase with each one had a door on the bottom which was easily open and closable for the kids and then they were able to put things up above it that the kids couldn't reach and then we staged it all with a large piece of art over the top to make them look tied together and pulled together even though they were just three bookshelves purchased from you know, a regular furniture store, and nothing special. They weren't very expensive at all, but they made a huge difference in the space just because we were intentional with how we were doing it. And the other, when I say go up, I don't just mean bookshelves and shelves. Yes, most times there are vertical areas that need shelves, but Go up with your decorative accessories as well. Curtains. Hang your curtains high. Well done window treatments are not just a luxury. They do a lot more for how you feel in your home than just looking pretty. First of all, if you hang your curtains within an inch or two of the ceiling and all the way to the floor, your room looks instantly larger. And when I say your room looks instantly larger, it's not about how it looks to others. That's a common misconception that people have about why they take action on things within their home. It's about how you feel in the space. By hanging your curtains by purchasing window treatments that adequately expand the room, you feel more expansive. And curtains create an architecture that also makes you feel more organized. Again, so many times when I go into a girl's room to redo it with their mom, the curtains are some really inexpensive bed bath and beyond curtains that just barely cover the window. They're usually really flimsy and they don't do everything that curtains can do. So, curtains can help you with heating and cooling losses, so they're a cost-effective investment. Like I said, they expand the room unlike so many other things in a room, curtains are the one thing that the kids are the least likely to mess up. So making an investment in good quality, beautiful curtains, and I prefer something in a natural fabric because that tends to be the least trendy, and you can always embellish them over time if you want to dress them up a little bit, but just a beautiful curtain that provides sound absorption in the room. It improves the acoustics, so it improves how your home sounds. It improves how your home feels, those leaky windows. It helps, even if you're not opening and closing them, just having that fabric there is giving you one more insulation from the sun or from the cold. And they're providing a visual expansion of your space. So when I say go up, think about all the ways that you can go up. Another really common mistake that people have that makes a space feel smaller or more cluttered is when they have a high cabinet, a high bookshelf, uh, a high hutch for example. They'll put a small collection on top of that and Instead of doing that, if you have space available at the top of, of something, either put something large that fills that space in one unit or a beautiful landscape picture that gives the illusion of a window, especially if it's something that you see from across the room or from it's in the sight lines outside of another room so use that vertical space to expand the area because when you expand the area visually you also expand the area emotionally tip number four is group like items and I don't mean put everything together in a curio Um, I, I do want to tell you how to make that look more interesting and more visually appealing but simple things like plants or pillows. Instead of spreading things throughout throughout a space, bring just a few of them together. They'll have a bigger impact. Um, same thing with pictures. If you have similar uh, pictures of the kids that are taken at all different places or all different things, even if they, you know, you were given frames reframe them and you can do this really inexpensively wait till target puts all their frames on sale for 15 percent off and go and get several different frames that are the same i like to frame some pictures and then switch them out so you have just a rotating collage of different things and letting letting them change with the seasons because you can store a couple pictures in the back of your closet And they take up almost no space, but it has a really beautiful visual impact if you change it through the seasons instead of bringing in, you know, those little tchotchkes that we pick up to try to um, express the change of seasons. And if you have collections of small things, they can also create visual clutter, especially if they're all the same size. And as much as you love them, You'd, sometimes when we have things like that that we do really love, um, we don't recognize that they do make our space feel a little bit more cluttered and disorganized. And the easiest way to do that is instead of putting them all in the same cabinet, let the cabinet have some or all on the same bookshelf, um, let the cabinet have some architecture. And you can do that by using books as pedestals, by, you know, buying some interesting pedestals, highlighting the ones that you love in particular, moving some things around, changing it with the season. Anytime you are moving things regularly, you're creating that energetic flow. You're creating that feeling of abundance other than that and not this sort of feeling of of clutter and being so Um, controlled by what we have that's one of the things that when we have more stuff than our space can handle we do feel controlled by it tip number five is analyze the storage that you're using so if you're taking a look in your drawers or your cabinets and you see that there's a lot of things in there that they're just things that you want to hang on to and you don't have any real purpose for in your home um, you want to reevaluate that you always want to keep your and this is one of the things that I go through with my mothers and my daughters because when our kids are growing we tend to hang on to a lot of the things that remind us of them as smaller people and whether we're hanging on to them for the next generation or we're just not ready to let go of them over time, what we end up with is filling their storage areas with things that they are no longer using. So I call this an analysis of the active versus passive storage. And it's one of the things that I find so valuable when you go through and say, what am I keeping just to remind me of some previous event? And what can that space be? Because so many times I find when it's hard to put things away and live in a way that is organized, we are taking up a lot of our space with things that we aren't actually using. And I, so many of my girls, when I first started teaching camps, they were actually complaining that they wanted to get rid of things, but their mother wasn't ready to yet. So If you're guilty of that mom, then take a look at what you're hanging on to and we can have a discussion. Actually, I could do a whole podcast on different ways to move those things that you're hanging on to because of past memories and ways to use them in a new way that actually open up space so you can put things away, so you can be more fluid in just your your day-to-day life. Okay, and tip number six, and this seems so obvious when we actually say it out loud, but it's something that so many times people don't take the time to look at, and that is, is your furniture, is the furniture that you have currently the best fit for your space? And sometimes just asking that question, you recognize that there are things that you're using in one area that could fill a void in another area and make another a a different part of a room or a home much more serviceable and to give you an example is just purchasing as a matching suite of furniture together and then either moving it to a new location oftentimes I found that people purchase things without even seeing how they're going to use them in their home they just think more is better and more isn't necessarily better it a lot of times more is just more and it you end up having things that you're not using full taking full advantage of and a room that's simply lined with all the same furniture no matter what you do no matter what you add to it is never going to be attractive. Um, just because it's too much, it's too heavy, it doesn't offer enough visual interest. So if you're out purchasing furniture, make sure you pick only the pieces that you need and make sure it fits into the space. If you're relocating things from another place, make sure you're using what works best. And think outside the box. One of my favorite relocations that was really super functional was moving a bedside table that was purchased as part of a of a group uh, down into a foyer and it was the perfect fit for the foyer it made a small space that really didn't have a lot of purpose a nice organized space for a male to land and um, Christmas card writing and all of those things that, you a great place for pins and all of those things that end up scattered throughout, just having an organized space where everybody was, um, had access to it was a great use of space that was otherwise unusable. And it was with a piece of furniture that, um, we already had and it made so much sense so think outside of the box if you have a lot of furniture don't think just because it matches it needs to be in the same room especially if that room already feels crowded and doesn't have the visual impact that you were looking for so those are your six tips if you try any of them out please let me know tag me on any of the socials remember it's hashtag in her eyes podcast um i'll shout you about it i'll shout you back out um share your magic and share the changes that you're making if that's something that you want so have a wonderful day and i will see you next week thank you for joining me here today on the in her eyes podcast if you heard something today that resonated or helped you move forward on your design vision Please head over to the platform you get your podcasts and subscribe and it would mean the world to me for you to leave me a rating and review. The complete instructions for doing that are on the In Her Eyes podcast website. That's inhereyespodcast.com forward slash review. And while you're there, be sure to grab my bedroom project planning workbook. It's the step-by-step guide to designing a room on any budget that truly supports your needs, your style, your habits, and you or your daughter will love coming home to, whether you're 7 or 77. And it's my gift to you for tuning in. If you have an idea for a podcast episode, something that you're struggling with or something that you'd like to hear more about, please fill out the form on the bottom of the page. I personally read every single submission. If it's something that I feel confidently that I can speak to and help you with, I'll absolutely create something that will help you out. And if it's something that I feel like someone else can guide you better, I will guide you to that person, I promise. Have a beautiful day, my friend. Until next week.